Welcome to the Remembering Ethan podcast. I'm Chris Tafoya. In last week's episode, I let you know that I started a fundraiser on the GoFundMe website to raise money to donate to the Sounds Academy in Phoenix, Arizona, to provide instruments or music instruction to underserved children. No amount too little or large uh, will be accepted to help spread the love of music to someone who otherwise might not have access to it in Ethan's name. You can see the fundraiser on the Remembering Ethan podcast Facebook page, or you can go to the GoFundMe website and search the Ethan Newman Music Education Fundraiser. This week's episode is very special because I have gathered all of the remaining members of the band Delcoa together to talk about their time with Ethan. And Delcoa was um, Ethan's original music band, and he was a founding member and contributed to the songwriting as well. And the band members are Jay Allen, Tony King, Jay Poole, and Ashley Norton. Now, I've spoken with all four of them in previous episodes of the podcast, but this is the first time I got them all together so that we could uh, have a conversation with the band as a whole about the time that they spent performing with Ethan and some history about the band and some of the highlights and memories that they have. Everyone was happy to see each other and it was a great conversation, so I'm looking forward to you listening to it. Um, But I want to mention that, you know, there are five people talking in this interview. So if you know everyone in the band, then you can probably guess who it is that's that's speaking at any given point point during the conversation. Um, But because there are so many people, I've decided to go ahead and create a video from our Zoom session, which I've uploaded to YouTube and I will post on the Facebook page. So you can watch the video if you prefer, um, but I'm going to present it to you here in audio form. So here's my conversation with Delcoa. I hope you enjoy it. Delcoa. Hi, Chris. How are you guys doing tonight? Most excellent. Good. Don't all answer at once. No, we're all afraid I'm to talk to... over each other. Yeah. yeah, I know. We're all trying Great. to be polite. That's always a possibility, but even if we do, we'll work it out. I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, thank you guys for taking the time to talk to me tonight. I'm, I'm super excited about this. This is the first time I'm trying it. It's a brand new thing. And um, how does it feel to see all of, for you all to see each other all in one space on a screen? So good. Yeah, man. It's so good to see you guys. I don't think, I don't think we've done this since. Uh, Ever. Yeah. Since the Delcoa reunion of uh, the last one we did at the Tempe Center for the Arts. I don't think I've seen you guys all in the same room. That since. is right. correct. Feels real good. Awesome. And then I'm, I've am i got Ethan's t-shirt here. So in a sense, he's kind of hanging out with us. Yeah. Kathleen was going to say to this to me. Yeah, this is one of Ethan's. Um, I usually don't wear band shirts of bands that I don't listen to a whole lot, but I figured this would be, I didn't want to be a poser, but we'll give you a whole one, one of those rare exceptions. All right, guys. Well, there might be people watching or listening who aren't familiar with Delcoa. So can you um, introduce yourself and what you what instrument you played in the band? 
And I'll let you sort out who goes first. <laughs> Ladies first. Miyamo SJ. Um, Jay Allen. I was am the singer and guitar player for Delcoa. Uh, I'm Ashley Norton, and I was a singer for Delcoa. That's it. <laughs> Tony, who are you? <laughs> well, I am Tony King, and I was the drummer in Delcoa. A little bit of background vocals. Uh, Jay Poole, I was the other guitar player in Delcoa, and I think I did a couple of oohs and ahs. Uh, maybe they, maybe not. I can't remember. Well, it's great to see all of you together again, man. It reminds me of, you know, being back in AZ and seeing you all individually and together as a group performing as Delcoa. So it's really special that you guys were able to get with me tonight and uh, talk about our brother Ethan a little bit. Feels like a, feels like a Wrigley Sunday is back. There you go. We'll get into the Wrigley stuff, but well done. those were fun for everyone all around, dude. To watch it and I'm sure for you guys to be on the stage and be performing for it as well. Yes, Jay Poole, you were the oohs and the ahs. I, I heard it from many of the crowd. <laughs> I, I didn't mean those oohs and ahs, Tony, but you know. I, I, I know. Background vocals, but yeah. Hey, y'all sing some <laughs> Ooh, lead too. Ah. <laughs> some lead too. Jay did some uh, Jimmy, that one Jimi Hendrix song, right? Oh, that's right. When you guys didn't want to sing for like one song. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing that Ethan probably sang a song or two as well. So all of you at some point sang yeah. uh, while you were performing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very Indeed. cool. Yeah, that was one of the cool things. There were five of us and we all could sing. We all could sing harmonies. Mm -hmm. so it was just like this huge wall of sound just all around. It's awesome. Great. And I know that Jay and Tony are incorporating that in JTM3 now and you guys are sounding awesome. Sounds great. So that's good, yeah. man. Well, so how long was Delco Delcoa together? Like, from what year to what year did you guys exist, exist officially or unofficially? So Delcoa was uh, together for about five years, I would say. Um, around 2004, late 2004, early 2005 uh, was when I stumbled back into Arizona um, uh, mid-year 2004. And I know on my podcast, I told the story of how I met Ethan the day that I had left for Costa Rica or the, the very, very beginning of 2004 in early January. And then six months later, stumbled back into, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Julian's. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That there at, um, at the Scottsdale Air Park and stumbled back in there and of course the tapped on the shoulder and Costa Rica and I was like yeah holy shit and uh that was from, Ethan yes no from that and from that moment on uh Ethan remembered me somehow uh from when I look at look at that crazy Emma Rapper there he was <laughs> oh, that's uh, I love that picture he uh good one yeah, so I started playing the the open mics there at um, what's the name of the place again, Tony? Jillian's. Jillian's. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. So we, so I was started doing the open mics, and Ashley Thusley was coming into there with her all her friends from Ferrelli's when she was working there. And yep. with your ex girlfriend. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why we stumbled in. She's like, "Yeah, I meet my boyfriend Jay." Yeah, Laura has to do this open mic. <laughs> yeah. And we, uh, you, you would come, you would hop up, and Ethan like got you to come up and and sing a bunch, and you kind of started coming through like very regularly within and within a couple of weeks Ashley and I like I reached out to Ashley or we were talking at Jilly's and you uh I was like hey I've got this brand new gig that um I, I would love to see if you wanted to come sing with me and you were gracious enough to say yeah I'll come sing some songs with you and we I think we did a few at the open mic together but uh pasta pomodoro was uh our first gig together as jay and ash and for the next few months or not few months for the next few months to a year we started playing as jay and ash um had a short soulfish run with pizza chiara <laughs> and uh <laughs> but for the most part it was jay and ash uh we we even traveled a, a little bit um but we started writing stuff we we got our first like real gig uh together at, at armitage up in uh dc ranch and which was on sundays sundays uh became a very special night for all of us pretty much for all the years of of jay and ash and delcoa but yeah, we started playing at Armitage. We recorded a little live record and had some songs that we were writing. Um, and of course, through all that, uh, Ethan and Todd uh, being part of Jilly's, that that was kind of a mainstay that we remained to go to every Sunday. We had our, uh, I think it was like Wednesdays at Pasta Pomodoro. We started our Sunday nights at... Um, at Jilly's and we uh yeah it was amazing you have, do you have anything to add to that Ashley it's really uh, this is one of the things I was looking forward to about this is mm-hmm. like what stories we remember correctly and which not I mean all that's pretty pretty spot on yeah um I remember you know meeting Jay at the open mic and just being like super excited because I didn't play guitar at the time I do now but at the time, I mean, I I kind of did, but not very well. And, and Jay was played amazingly. And I was like, oh, he wants to do some stuff. And I want to do some stuff. It'd be so cool to do this, like duo together. And then I remember we would talk to, we would just like pick Ethan's brain to no end. Because we would kind of get together and we'd, we'd rehearse some stuff when we were working on our originals. And then, and we were like, yeah, you know what? Like we could. I remember we were sitting at, at pasta P one night and we we're like, you know, they make like, they make like three or $400 a night playing as a duo. Like <laughs> we could do that. And like that amount of money just seemed like insane to us at the time. No, and we're like, we could do that. We could. And, and Ethan was like, yeah, you can do that. And he would sit us down and be like, yeah, these are the places you could play. This is the kind of stuff you guys could put together. And then, um, and yeah. And so we kept doing it and then, and, and we kept, we, we were like, probably not as good as we thought we were back then but we uh we're working towards stuff and then we were like maybe maybe Ethan will join our band <laughs> we could start a band. Well, how long was it from the point that um Jay that Ethan recognized you from Costa Rica that you had come back from Costa Rica and you and you and Ashley had kind of done the Jay and Ash thing 
and then um, started writing music. And then Ethan said, hey, why don't we all play together? Like, what was the time period between the open mic where you guys first met and then when you said, we're going to make a band and I know the best drummer ever? When did that, like, what was that time period? What cushion <laughs> that? I'm pretty sure uh, pretty much the rest of 2004, like for the first couple of months after I got back, I moved back to Phoenix in May of 2004. Couldn't uh, uh, like date wise. I know that for the rest of that year, like Ashley and I met at Jilly's during uh, during that time of the tour through the end of 2004. And by the end of 2004, I believe we had our gigs mm -hmm. like we had our pasta P gig and we had our Armitage gig. And as Ashley said, we were utilizing like the tutelage of Ethan and Todd mm -hmm. and kind of being like, hey, what else can we do? Like, where else can we play? And um, Cafe Portobello was really the other one. really pay us that much money? Oh, my gosh. And um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even we, we didn't quite make that much. We we were when we were starting out. We didn't quite reach the three, four hundred mark. But right. Well, and the more members of a band, it deletes the cash. Right. So yeah. that was like five years that the band was active so you're talking we'll say we'll call it 2005 to around 2009 2010 would you say that's a pretty fair run of the of the beginning and end of delcoa around 2010 is probably like when did you move to nashville do you remember actually the exact year? 20 uh technically it wasn't until 2012 yeah. but um yeah, I think I think I w when did we make our first album? Because I don't think we were a band like before we met Jay Poole, we made an album. Yeah, we so we right. did that at Living Head. I want to say two thousand six is when we were. Yeah, that sounds right. And then I think we released that in two thousand seven, and then right or something like that. So Jay Jay Poole came along. Uh, Jay, you came along after the first album. Oh yeah. No, um, for some reason, I was thinking that, did you produce the first album, Jay? Jay, did you have anything to do with it at not. all? Is that why the second album sounds way better? It has a lot less guitar on it. You did produce the second, you produced the second album though, right, Jay? I, I, I don't want to say I produced it, but we recorded it here. Okay. Jay produced it. Yeah, all right. So, uh, and, you know, maybe when they left after doing things, I would sit down and play with stuff and add more guitars. <laughs> so, maybe. That reminds maybe. me of that Tenacious D skit, you know, where Gage comes in and finds him playing flute on the late at night or whatever. So you'd go in and kind of like add to the tracks or whatnot. JP, how many how many tracks like there was one track in particular that you would joke but slash but seriously about how yeah. many takes you did do you remember that number yeah i it was 437 what <laughs> are you serious are you joking around it was, yeah i was no take, no I, I still have take on what uh it was i think it might have been one one of the guitar solos so it might have been maybe uh might have been fishing actually Vision four. Yeah, I kind of wanted, I had like a specific sound in my head and uh, it just never was happening. So since it's my place, I can do 400 takes. And, so and, is it safe to say that Jake Poole is a perfectionist of the bunch? We all are. We all are. Okay. I don't think I did a total of 437 takes the entire time of the. <laughs> yeah. I think I got like a whole recording three. career. <laughs> so when you guys were, were active for those five years, um, 
what do you feel set you apart from the other bands that were playing in the scene at the time you know compared uh, to your contemporaries that were out there tony I mean, king i was gonna say tony you i would love to hear tony's response to this she played with everybody at yeah. that time right uh I don't know if, if, I mean, I guess what set us apart from most of the bands that I feel that we're playing out there is we could take somebody's cover and make it our own. Um, and so when we would play one of our own songs, people, the, the, one of the greatest compliments would someone saying, hey, who did that song? Who, whose song is that? And for us to say it was ours. They were just, what? No, really? So I think we were able to take a little bit of somebody else's song and just make it our own as were people some of the bands i was playing with were trying to play it just like the record i'll uh kind of add to that and i think the nice thing is we probably did maybe 50 to 60 percent originals and you know ashley's and and jay's tunes and they were all good songs so it's not like sometimes you hear the originals and you're like oh they're they're original um you know the material was really really strong so I think that's what separated us. We had a lot of freedom, um, both with the covers and, you know, and the original stuff. Jay and Ash would both kind of let me do whatever I wanted for the most part, which was kind of great. And uh, yeah, so uh, having that freedom and, you know, actually having people show up and appreciate what we were doing was uh, pretty amazing. Well, you know, another thing I was curious about, you know, Jay, you're you're such an accomplished guitar player and you know so tasty with the riffs and that kind of thing. All of you are great musicians, but before Jay Poole came along, um I'm assuming was it I think Ashley, maybe you were telling me during our interview. I've talked to so many people that if I get it jumbled up, but um was it just Ethan playing solo on his bass kind of thing? Or what was that dynamic before Jay Poole? How'd you get here on that? So yeah, there's a super funny story with that because yeah, Ethan would take all this a lot of the solos. I think Jay right. Allen would take some of them, but but Ethan would take a ton of bass solos, and he's like still probably the only bass player I can think of that could actually take a tasty bass solo that like is actually cool. But um, no disrespect to anyone listening. <laughs> who plays bass but <laughs> there was a time i can't remember the the name of the bar where we played a, a a gig as the four of us and he looks at me and he goes i was like yeah that was great solo and he goes do you think i take too many bass solos and i go maybe and he looked at me <laughs> like he was so offended like his he goes he does the eat the bass he went like that <laughs> and i was like yeah and i was like oh shit no but you yeah, no it's cool it's cool and i think that was the moment that he was like okay we really need a lead player <laughs> i think that's what he like actively <laughs> and so e ethan came to you right jay to uh and approach yeah, yeah he approach was you about possibly performing how did that conversation go no no i was no. playing with you yeah i was, I was playing I, with jay yeah in the walkers okay. and yeah. so it wasn't ethan it was tony <laughs> Tony and I, I think I, I, I will say if I can ahead, yeah no I'm just saying that we, you and I were playing together with with the Walkins because on the first record we had Alan Chadwick play a little Oops. bit on Roots Bridges and Branches yeah. Roots Bridges and Branches and we also had what's his name the uh like country guitar Mike player Green. Mike Green, Mike Green. Oh, Mike Green. Uh, so they so they probably played a couple songs on the first record and then when 
Jay and Ash and Ethan and I were, were talking about, you know, adding something. I was like, I think Jay Poole would be a really good fit. And, I, and Jay, you were like the icing on the cake to just like kind of bring everything so together. Much. It was so great. I, I think I invited myself to the audition. I might have forced myself on it a little bit, but I just knew I wanted to play with these guys because it was original music, which I love. And, you know, I didn't have to do exactly what was on the record, which is really never what I do really well anyway. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was awesome. So it was a smooth transition bringing Jay in. All the personalities fit well. You guys all appreciated his musicianship. Although it felt pretty smooth. I got to tell you, I never knew up until today that I took away all of Ethan's bass solos. So, sorry, buddy. <laughs> that was something I texted Chris about today. So I was like, I really, I, I was like, it'd be fun to like find out stuff about Ethan in particular, yep. like the man that maybe we didn't know before. <laughs> I did not know I took away all his solos. If well, he was but, happy to give them to you. Well, you guys have the same amount of strings on your guitar. It's it's fine. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ethan would use all six of those strings too, man. It's crazy. Yep. Well, okay, so where did the name Delcoa come from? I mean, I know the story, and anyone who's following podcasts may have heard a couple different versions, but I want to hear hear it from all you guys at once. Let's let's talk about and before you tell us where Delcoa came from, can you remember any of the of the doozies you came up with before you came across <laughs> Delcoa? Jay oh, Allen, Jay we Allen, you got to take this. Uh, Soulfish, which Soulfish, okay. Ashley and myself and Pete Sergiera, uh, wherever he, he was. The, he was the guy who would always show up at the open mics playing. They incessantly over everybody that played at open mic. Uh, he did, yeah, he played over me a couple times. Yeah, yeah I remember that's <laughs> a Pete. Nice guy though. Seemed like a real very nice guy. Uh, yeah. Political activist from the last I saw of him in any way, shape, or form. But um, uh, but yeah. So Soulfish. Um, but TK, uh, I want you to feel this one, man, because uh, essentially, <laughs> Delcoa came from a. Uh, I, I I honestly couldn't tell you at this point some of the the doozies that did not become the band name thank god um oh i remember anybody else has any well, did you get did you guys did you guys have like 242 or something like that tux 42 yes 42 Say it again tux 42 ux 42 ux 42 okay what was that about <laughs> no idea don't remember. Jay, it was something. I can't remember where the forty-two came from. It's something. Forty-two is my lucky number. I, I would. I probably would have thrown forty-two into anything. Okay. Like, it's so cool. Yeah, I think that was <laughs> it. It's like, and then we get like tuxedo imagery. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in tuxedos forty-two times a year. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, so, so I think you, you were playing out before you had the name Delcoa, though, right? Uh, with the four of you, Ethan, Tony, Jay, Ashley. Really? Um, no, not really. I don't think okay. we've had gigs that were under any other name other than maybe Jay and Ash. Um, nothing that was like billed as anything else. But uh, I do remember us, like, and, and everything happened pretty organically. Like, we were wanting to record 
uh, a, a fair amount of like the, the songs that Ashley and I started to have that were like, man, we've, we've got, these are really good songs. Let's get like, let's, let's talk to Ethan. I remember specifically you and I having the conversations, Ashley, about like, let's, let's go talk to Ethan and see if he'll play bass with us on, on these records or, or where, and also where can these, we were so green at the time. Like it was just like, Ethan was pretty much just like, well, all right, we want to take this next step. Let's go talk to Ethan and we'll, we'll <laughs> see what, what he says. And I do. remember specifically in the game room at my parents' house, which is still a rehearsal space that I used to stay, that I remember you and I sitting him down and being like, hey, so we've got these songs and we showed him some of the songs and we were like, we want to record these. Would you be down to like play bass and also do you know it like can you give us a get us a drummer and we had we had actually not met tony we i think we'd seen you play but had not really fully met you at that point and i want to say that was early 2005 late 2004 that we were we had made ethan come over to that to my folks place and we're like hey give us some guidance and also will you be in our band and will you <laughs> you get get a drummer what's the other who's the other counterpoint and uh tk was that guy and when ethan left jay and i were like cool man bye thanks and which is the door we're like <laughs> oh totally <laughs> oh yeah we've made it <laughs> okay so when ethan came in was he like none of those names are gonna work you need something else or did he not have an opinion or at the, at when did delcoa finally still jay and ash at the time and then I, I don't, but, um, gosh, it was such a, a haze at the time. But like, I, I do remember when he had a uh, tone, like we, we got together and started, showed them the songs that we were like, we want to record these five, six, seven, eight, nine songs. And um, gosh, when I, but Tony was who came up with the name. Whenever it was like, I guess we're a band. And we were talking about names, but TK, you can you can field what? How'd that go down, Tony? I just remember us being in the game room at Jay's parents' house, and I the drums are always in this little tight corner, and on this pool table there was was the forty two, the Tux forty two, and all these like names. I go, what is this? like? Oh, this is the uh, you know with Jay and Ash or what? What our think would be a pretty cool band name? And I'm looking at, it, I'm like. Thinking to myself, nah, that's not that's, that's not cool. <laughs> but Jay's coolest? parents' house is on the street. The name of the street is called Delcoa, and I just thought that was like a really cool name. So I'm just sitting there. I'm like, why don't we call the band Delcoa? We're just, we're always here rehearsing. I mean, that'd be a pretty cool name. And they're just like, yeah, that could work. That that's kind of cool. And then we, you know, then Delcoa came. All this to me, it felt like a like a snake. So I would just sing all like Delacoa Constrictor and all this stuff that's at the end of the, the first CD. Is it the first CD? Yes. Is it the first one? <clears throat> yep. Yeah. But I, that's kind of where the name kind of, that, well, not kind of, that's where the name came from is the street that Jay's rehearsal studio, where his parents were, the street that he grew up on. And it's not for everyone right away. <clears throat> yeah. We, I think I, so. I, I, I remember, I'll never forget that moment. Like it's like vivid and you, and Tony's sitting by in the drum kit going, Hey, why don't we just call it Delcoa? 
like I just I'll never forget that I could I could see it right. day and we were like yeah why don't we just call it Delcon <laughs> it works easy peasy yeah very cool okay so you know uh one of the things that people who follow bands or are interested in bands one of the things that they don't see some of the behind the scenes kind of stuff is there's business that needs to be taken care of right um whether it's done well or not but how did the, how did the like the day-to-day -day business activities of the band go down i know that makes it sound more formal than it probably really was you know but like bookings uh promotion um arrangements stuff like that did you guys have a manager or was it like all did you even it was all jay manager? and ash yeah man ashley and jay did 99 percent of the booking and all of the hard work and what yeah. was that experience like for you guys <laughs> She was a machine, man. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. We were no idea, and and both of us would just be like, "I'll call them, you call them." Well, I don't know. We'll figure it out. And we, I, I don't remember making cards. I remember like our Jay and Ash pictures, and and like we we everything was very very grassroots, and hmm. like stumbling upon any of the gigs we got, we were a. I mean, having having Ethan and Tony in the band gave us gave us definitely some good street cred, um, and they would sure. that would that would add to some of it. But like we were just, and it's funny because I I say this a lot um, when when telling people about just Delcoa and Jay and Ash is like that we got like we I I, I look in, in looking back like we were extremely like. We're, we're we're a fucking great band, man. Um, and like yeah. this, just even Ashley and I like had just this really great connection, and it really shined through immediately. And adding Ethan and then Tony and then Jay, it was we didn't know how good we had it. Um, and but people, anytime they would see us, it it really shined through in the music and the connection as of us all being friends. It was like kind of the dream to be that being the first band that that I was really in here in Phoenix like it was it was a dream come true that I didn't know that I was that had come true like having places like Wrigley Mansion or even Armitage like and the people that would come see us it was it was an instant draw and I mean as as anybody listening to this podcast knows like Ethan was a huge charismatic draw to anybody but the other four of us like added like it was it's like a perfect perfect circle you know like it really it was it 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 made it easy to do those bookings or to be like to not have a manager but people wanted to to see us and wanted to have us there at their places whether we knew what we were doing or not i i think i i would say if i were to use one word for that band it was effortless it never felt like a gig right like, ever it just felt i always like, look forward oh. to the gigs yeah it's like oh it's wrigley mansion or you know armitage uh never felt never felt strained or anything it was they were great i'm i'm so happy that you know i had that experience and we also oh. made a lot of good friends and a lot of good connections Tons. too yep Tons of people that we still see today that come out to watch us. Indeed. Well, I remember um, when you guys put, was it 2009? 
your last no no not 2009 it was like 2018 i want to say when your last um reunion show was it yeah, the, tempe, that time? the tempe center for the yards ash right 2018 i think 18 yep i remember seeing it on facebook and i remember thinking wow man a lot of people are still following these i mean i was looking at the comments and the likes you know and i remember thinking that's awesome you know after all these years because i mean that had been like a good 10 years since you guys had disbanded <clears throat> and a lot of people were still really interested in seeing and how was the turnout for that reunion i mean from the pictures and video i saw it looked like it was a packed house pretty close yeah we were in the box theater there not like the main house theater but like the box theater still like has like a multiple hundred cap i can't remember what it was but like there were people in the balconies there was it was a it's an unbelievable experience as as any time that this quintet got together like it it was always extremely special and yeah. including the podcast right now well and that's a hey, testament I to how you guys felt about it you know with all you know it, it seems so far that all of you had a positive experience you felt good about it, it you know you were happy with the music and it seemed like that was reciprocated with your audience, you know, and so yes. how, would, how would you describe the music um, that you guys created? If someone oh, this is, this is you guys, Ash, what'd you call it? Uh, folky funk rock. Was it? No. Yeah. Folky <laughs> funk. Yeah. Just folky funk, right? Folky yeah. funk. Folky funk rock. Folky, like, fol but folky funk, man. Like that was our, uh, our tag. I, and I don't think we really sounded like anybody. I mean, maybe people I, would, <clears throat> I never had anybody listen to the record and say, oh, this sounds like, or this sounds like, which they just said, oh, it's, it's a good, it's a good record. It's a good band. Mm -hmm. So that, that's kind of awesome. That was. Yep, it goes back in that effortless and like, it was uh, the sum of great, the, the sum of all parts is greater than. In the whole. <laughs> exactly. Like it was like all of us came from so many different backgrounds and it just was again we're very organic and 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 still like looking back like the, i mean that one of the the catalyst the glue of the whole web was ethan like ethan was oh, yeah. but i mean it, it uh, ashley and i had like the impetus of it but without ethan um i mean shit without ethan ashley and i probably wouldn't have met and the whole thing wouldn't have happened it was all very serendipitous and but Ethan's presence in all of it was always a very awesome yeah very very awesome very Ethan very uh just again organic and and we all added our own sauce to it to make this this really cool thing well was... uh speaking of that I mean I know from talking with you individually individually that Jay um alan and you ashley were the i'm pointing at your squares as if you guys know <laughs> where i'm pointing to but you guys were the main songwriters you know you brought most of the of the ideas oh. to the band how uh, and then jay pool i don't know what your influence was in that regard once you showed up maybe you can comment on that after my question but um how much of a role did ethan play in influencing the sound that you guys landed on before jay pool came along and then obviously I'm sure it was reinforced when Jay came along, but how much of a role did Ethan play in that? The sound I think that you Ethan created. and Tony just kind of 
like Jay and I would write, we wouldn't really often write together, but we would write individually. And, and I mean, I'm not trying to be self-deprecating, I swear, but I, I wasn't really the songwriter that I like to think I am now back then. I think I've, I've grown a lot, but like, I, I would kind of come in with like stuff that wasn't quite there. And then I would bring it to the band and we'd arrange it. And then all of a sudden it was like, like, I, like to me, the Delcoa sound was very energetic, but you strip away that rhythm in particular. Um, and we're talking pre J pool right now. Right. So I'll have amazing things to say about J pool after this fact, um, <laughs> it would take the, this, these like bare bones songs and like elevate. And then all of a sudden, like, cause I think we would, especially me, would kind of write like more like mellow, like down here. And then all of a sudden you add the rhythm backbone and all of a sudden it was like whoop, that Delcoa sound that we're talking about. And then you add Jay Poole and it was just like, holy shit. <laughs> it was just the whole journey at that point. So that was my take. That's my take on things that answers that. Well, you bring up a good point because Tony, you know, like, again, like it's mentioned, been mentioned in the podcast a few times, you know, you and Ethan were just, um, what was the term? Like, package deal right has come yep. up a few times and you guys were just locked in with each other so i guess when i say how much did ethan influence the sound i mean obviously you guys were so locked in that together you probably had a huge influence on where you guys land can you remember anything specifically tony about um you know influencing the sound of delcoa compared to because were you mostly in cover bands i mean were there any other was- bands besides I know you like we were doing the Christofoya thing, but All right. from that and maybe a little Mercatron or something like that. But was it mostly covers? And then Delcoa was where you were able to like. I think I was mostly in cover bands at you know when I started and everything. But I I think when I joined Delcoa, like joining Jay and Ash and you know Ethan bringing was like hey let's go, these guys are really talented. They're writing some really good songs. I think you and I could be a good fit with them. Um. So when we did that, I was excited to to play original music because I hadn't done that in maybe since I was in high school playing in my little high school garage bands, you know, things like that. So me being able to or always having to copy the, you know, a, a cover song and able to put my own twist on an original project was was very gratifying to me and to hear the the, you know, what what became of it afterwards and um i think with the whole package deal with with ethan and i we all we because we almost like read each other's brain like we just kind of knew where everything was going so when jay or ash brought us a song you know it like like ashley was saying it, it's bare bones when it's just an acoustic guitar but then you add drums or you add bass to it and then we were able to kind of give it the signature like the feel for the song, like what the beat was going to be, what the baseline was going to be. Cause the baseline can add a, a total, totally different dimension to what an acoustic guitar is playing. And Ethan did that. Yeah. Ethan brought his own twist to it. Yeah. And I think him and I fed off that. And then I think it was, you know, intertwined between all of us. Was it a fun and, process? And obviously adding, oh yeah, it was great. It was great. You know, there's, I, I feel like, there were, you know, a lot of times where Ethan and I were able to interject our, um, yeah. what we wanted or like where we think it should go. 
Yeah. How about we try this here? Or like, why don't we double up this chorus or tag this out? Or, or Ethan, like, how do we change this chord to this or something? And so I, I think there was a lot of abilities of like, like I remember specifically uh, fishing for the early version of it. Um, it was this verse, chorus, verse, chorus. I remember being like, I don't know what how to do a bridge or what to do right here. And Ethan had this like, it was like, well, the Beatles would do it this way, like where you like where it went to that A minor, and you're dropping the the root down to the seven, down to the major seven, and then and but and I, at the time I was just like. What do those numbers mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can, can are, you, I, are you talking Japanese to me right now? Like that? That's absolutely, <laughs> I don't know. And uh, but he, but but both of you guys with your musical sensibilities brought so much to these. I mean these these very stripped down ideas that Ashley and I came to you guys with with like and and we we had ideas about them. Like I remember like fishing for or little earthquakes or um roots bridges and branches in particular like the like I had these parts or whatever and or Ashley had had, had and and that was kind of the beauty of it too like having not not really having a and, and I think Ethan told me this often was just like man you do things you do things very unconventionally and he loved that about like just being like I was just like I just think it sounds cool and that's how I wrote it <laughs> and like if if it worked like if he'd be like that's in seven and I'd be like what does that mean oh, that sounds cool <laughs> and like him being like oh that that's cool because it's like this and not not many songs do this and... I only know where Circle K is what is seven <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I did it in seven eleven. This is awesome. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like he us being I, I and I think that's what really made it work really well too is being coming from a point a, a place because it's funny, like I when I try to write songs now, um there there are times that I'll be like, dude, forget try to forget everything you know about music and just do what feels good and do what feels spontaneous and don't put any rules to it because it's it's hard once you know those things and in ethan used to praise me upon that of like he's like dude how did you come up with this and why would you go to that chord like why would you why would you play this the, he whatever he would say like you're playing a 13 over this thing that doesn't make any sense but he's like it sounds cool it feels cool and and i think he 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 liked that about us and Tony, you did too. And, and then when Jay came in, it would like, he would make sense of it even more for us. But, uh, and I think that's like Delco really cool too, is like, we were, there was nothing conventional about us except for the fact that we all were very cohesive. We got to play what we wanted. Jeez. Exactly. That's, that's crazy. And and I'll say this that you guys were kind of already pretty much fully formed as a as a rhythm section when by the time I got there. So honest to God, it was like, you know, sitting in a barca lounger and clicking the handle back and like, ah, oh, this is great. Just relaxed and fun. And uh and you know, with Ethan, you know, he just made 
everybody, well, I'll speak for myself, just, just gave me like an extra 15 or 20% of confidence. So I knew oh, yeah. if I, I had a gig, you know, especially a Delcoa gig and Ethan's there. It's like, oh man, I'm 20% better than I think I am just because, you know, Ethan's on the gig. And I, and I think it sounded like he did the same thing for you, Jay. And I'm, you know, I'm sure that I'm not the only one who thinks like that. Well, you could have a terrible gig. And after the gig, he would say, oh man, you're great tonight. And I'm like, <laughs> did you just, who did you play with? Well, we but that was, who, that was who he was. He was yep. always a positive reinforcement to anybody that was having a terrible night. And he was always everybody's bright light, like someone that he, yeah. We were like brothers and sisters, pump up the volume. What was, you have either your most memorable or your favorite Delcoa gig? Sorry if that's one of your questions, Chris. Jay, what are you trying to do to me, man? I got you. <laughs> my podcast, bro. I've got well, a flow. I'm trying to make a rhythm here. With your new host, Jay Yeah, well, you know, uh, what you guys were just talking about, you know, I, that was a point that I would definitely was going to bring up. You know, Ethan was known for making the best out of a horrible gig, you know. So one of the things I was curious about, and it's kind of jumping ahead of where I was going. Thanks, Jay Poole. No, I'm just kidding, man. But, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like when they let me produce the Delcoa record, Chris, sort of the same thing. You happened. can't help but kind of <laughs> give me some of that. <laughs> but I'll do it real politely. Oh, man, you guys... You, it's fine, Jay. That's that's all right, man. But so, you know, Ethan making the best out of a horrible gig. Can you guys recall any horrible gigs where you really had to lean okay. on Ethan in that regard? Tony? Okay. I'm not gonna it's not gonna be like a uh it's not a bad gig, but obviously oh. the gig where Steve where Steve Gadd came to play with us. Ah at, that's at, at Armitage. Talk about this. Yes. <laughs> okay. So obviously if anybody doesn't know who Steve Gadd is, he's like Steve God. And he's like the best drummer on the face of the planet he's mr groove well he was jay Poole's neighbor and he came out to one of our gigs after he'd already been to jay's house for it was like christmas eve or something like that yeah, yeah. around christmas time <clears throat> um anyway steve steve gab's wife comes up and says hey uh steve's really enjoying you guys you guys set and he loves your music you know do you would you mind if he got up and played the drums i was like no, are you kidding me? Please. <laughs> well, anyway, so at, at the time, uh, Noel Segura was the manager at Armitage. And Steve Gadd's playing. Well, I mean, obviously the volume got a little louder because it was so exciting. Yeah. And he comes over to Ethan and he's like, hey, can you guys turn it down? And Ethan just goes, no, we can't. <laughs> it's Steve Gadd on drums. <laughs> I just remember, like, I just remember Ethan saying, he's like, no, do you know no. who's playing drums? Steve Gadd on drums. Do you know what's happening right now? Yeah, do you know what's happening right now? Exactly. Uh, that's exactly what he said. You know what's happening? Yeah. Right I now? think we got fired after that too, but then we got the Wrigley Mansion gig, so it was yeah. all good. Uh, <laughs> right. And, right. And the Armitage that night, I mean, we we kind of Steve had mentioned that he might be coming by, and so he's like, "Yeah, but don't don't say anything to anybody." So yeah, like sure, we're not going to say anything. So and the place was. Packed. It was wall to wall people, and so they're selling drinks like crazy. Steve Gadd's playing drums, and then the manager asks us to turn it down. <laughs> Sorry, Noel. No, love you, Noel. 
but we're gonna no, turn yeah. it up. <laughs> That's one of the things I remember about performing. Like you had some uh venue or matter or bar manager, usually it was bar managers, right? Because music venue um directors or whatnot had a better sense of those kind of situations. But um I do remember Ethan telling me stories about bar managers that just you know, I mean, because that sounds like a like a really dumb move. They're selling, they're selling liquor. The place is packed. Everyone's having a good time. He's like, "Can you turn it down?" Best drummer in the see, world, and I can playing. totally see Ethan saying, "No." <laughs> yeah, and it's not that Noel was being like a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, exactly. I mean, he was just kind of just doing his job. But at that time, we we're like, "No, we got Steve Gadd on drums." Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> so that wasn't typical for. Yeah. For Noel, okay, gotcha. No, 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 and no, no. If I think about it, didn't we kind of shoehorn ourselves into that Armitage gig to begin with? Because Jay, you yeah. and Ash were doing that, was, that. That was the first, and then it kind of became Jay and Ash and Tony, and then Jay and Ash and Tony and Ethan, and then it's like Jay, Ash, Tony, Ethan, and Jay in that like little corner. One hundred percent. Yeah, like we we grew that from what that was Jay and Ash's first like real gig. Like we had Pasta Pomodoro, which was just like, I was a server there. So it was kind of like, we'll play over there on the side. And that actually, that actually grew into something cool as well. But um, I remember a friend of mine was a server there at Armitage, which is now the living room where Todd and our good friend Matt play every Sunday now. <laughs> but uh no, we we definitely uh, shoehorned our way into kind of whatever we wanted at that place, and yep. after a while, it and was they were like, "You got too big for this." Yeah, that's all it was. <laughs> hey, got to. They were right. Five people now, and we're like, "Well, no, we need more money. Give it to us." <laughs> well, let's continue with the may not might not have gone up either. I think you guys are just kind of like kept getting divided by two, by three, by four. And, and, we were like, and we probably still weren't making that $300 mark. It was probably just like, <laughs> AJ Poole and Tony and Ethan, will you guys take $40, please? I'm like, score, of course I will. This was awesome. <laughs> well, let's oh, continue man. with the memorable gigs. You know, what were some others? Oh, I I got one for you too, Chris, that um, I was thinking about. Um, and again, it's not like, I honestly, I can't think of any bad gigs i've had with delcoa like i just don't think there was one if there was one i can't think of it but there was a really funny one we um we very very rarely got asked to do weddings because we are not a wedding band but every once in a while we get like a couple that just you know thought we were really cool and wanted some cool music at their wedding and our friends jeremy and uh and barbara asked us to play for their wedding up in cave creek and we agreed to it and we we're on our way there and Ethan was like, why do we get the feeling I'm going to end up as the master of ceremonies? Turn up, Ethan's up there like, now it's time for the mother-daughter <laughs> dad, their fathers or whatever. It's like, now it's time to cut the cake. It's like just running. He was the MC. Yep. And he was like, what the hell? That happens so many times, dude. Yeah. It's such a natural role for him, you know? It's almost like people expect him. To, he kind of walks in like, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, why am I doing this? And how did the gig go? I mean, did it go Did it go well through the evening? Did Ethan pull it off? 
much. Of course he did. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't happy about it. He didn't want to do it, but he was like, nobody, who else is though? Nobody else is going to do it. So I'm going to do it. And I was like, I don't want to fucking do it. (laughs) He was a people person anyway. Yeah, yeah, if right. somebody else took it on, he would probably be like, oh, you suck at this. Get out of my way. Give me a fucking microphone. <laughs> yeah, maybe he uh, really dude, loved it. We'll never move. know. <laughs> and uh, all the moms would all be like, oh, Ethan, I love that guy. He's so sweet. So there's, there's, a particular, the there's a particular gig that I was um, wanting to ask about that Ashley gave a little bit of a background to. But during our interview, we kind of like stopped talking about the Delcoa stuff to save it for this for this moment. But I want to hear all of your um, your take, all of you, your take on the bluegrass festival you played when Ethan kept saying, we're not a bluegrass band. <laughs> can, can I start? Yeah, of course. You need to start. So I had a buddy of mine that knew the booking folks up at the Telluride Bluegrass Festival, and I just decided we could be a bluegrass band without knowing <laughs> shit about bluegrass. So... <laughs> we took a couple of Delcoa songs. I think maybe one of my songs, and Tony played a, like a banjo with uh, drums. My dad, and... it's still, it's still in the same way. It's all the strings are off, and it's still ready to play brushes and do like. <laughs> and we went up to Telluride, and we participated in the bluegrass competition. And we did. Well, we had a gig the night before. Yeah, that's right. We did. Yep. Tommy. Saloon and one of the other. Tommy's. Songs. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and it and Ethan was so steadfastly like, we shouldn't do this gig. We're not bluegrass. We shouldn't do this gig. We're not bluegrass. And I was like, we gotta go do this gig. We can be bluegrass. Come on, we can be bluegrass. I'll just play this fake banjo, and yeah, Tony will play a banjo. <laughs> yeah, we can be bluegrass. Jay's so, like, I'll learn the. Bought a mandolin for it. You bought a mandolin. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I did. I forgot. I he learned mandolin. the mandolin for this gig. <laughs> Where is that mandolin, Nicole? I learned how to hold the mandolin. But uh, and what's funny about that is Ethan and I drove up to that gig together. We drove up on that Friday to do that gig at Tommy's. And we woke up the next morning yep. to do the Bluegrass Festival, and him and I drove back right afterward to get to a gig the That's very right. next night. And what yeah. was Ethan telling you in that car ride, Tony? We're not a bluegrass band. <laughs> He kept saying it over and over. over We're and not over a bluegrass band. Like he would. That was all he would. That was like the only words that came out of his mouth that whole weekend. That, that was the most band. negative I've ever seen Ethan. That was about it. Yeah. But, you know, right. he, he was a Superman. Expression. Like, what was the look on his face and stuff? Like, would he have head down? Or? We're not a bluegrass band, just like not that. Bluegrass band. <laughs> but you know, when we when we set up and played, he put on his gay face, and you know, we did our thing. Not come in last place. We didn't come in last place. Okay. We did the come best in last though, place. The best though yeah. was the the judge came up to us and she goes, she goes like, one of the judges. She I don't know who else was with me. It might have just been me, but but she goes, I just want to let you know, I really love your band. I mean, you're not a bluegrass band. <laughs> <laughs> we but know. I love it. Right. <laughs> So now we can That's say we, we played the Telluride Bluegrass Festival. <laughs> yeah. It was such a fun experience, though, man. Oh, it yeah, was man. Fun. It was. I'm so glad we did it. And again, it's a, it's a great story because it is the only time Ethan I was like, her. I really don't want to do this. Well, <laughs> yeah. What's that photo, Jay? Lift it higher. 
<laughs> what is that? Is that oh my was gosh. that during that that weekend? No, no. Oh, I think these are still sitting in here from when you and I, like Kathleen gave me a bunch of pictures. Cool. But it's without his shirt on with the modulus, but it looks like Telluride, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. Do. Yeah. Okay, guy. so the number one top gig that you guys will never forget. Do you collectively have one or do you individually each? Or can you remember something that where you guys all said that was the that was it? That was the best gig ever. Ooh, I don't know. Come on, Jay Allen. McDowell Mountain Music is the best is and, one. Oh yeah. And um, Delcoa City release party. Yeah, I was gonna say that Delcoa City from an audience point of view, that that was an amazing show and it was packed and it was fun. You guys were having fun up there. I remember like I still remember vividly like us coming up with our inch like the intro where it was like it was dreaming and going into like it was like oh so cool. We did such weird shit that like I know that. Tony and Ethan and Jay were just kind of like, oh, we'll humor them again. <laughs> it was not humor. It was, I was all on board. Dude, it yeah. was so fucking cool. And like we, dude, anything that happened at Wrigley, that I, it's, I still look back on those Sundays. Awesome sauce. That, that night in particular was fucking incredible. And it was a blur to me. We, we, we yeah. even hired security for that show. Wow. Really? Ty Tyrone had a bunch yeah. of friends out yep. there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And all of our, our cute little girlfriends were running our merch table. And just... it was uh, the, the blue tickets that we printed out. I found oh, some of them. Wow. Uh, that's Jay, awesome. is that where you, Jay, we send them Jay out Poole, you brought your. Stations. That's right. The double neck. Jay Poole, you, you brought the double neck that, that I game. did. That comes out for the special occasions. All right. And uh, I, I think what was cool about that was like, seeing how many people were there to support because that was when like when you released a cd it was kind of a big deal and you get just some support anyway but you know we had so many folks that showed up and it was it was packed and it was kind of rewarding because we put a lot of work into that record i mean we kind of i know i did i poured my heart into the record and i think everybody did and it really was um a community effort you know i know everyone jokes around about me being the producer but nothing went on that record without everybody saying, yeah, this is what's going to go on the record. So, you know, we financed it ourselves, paid for everything ourselves, recorded it, everything as inexpensively as we could. And we came up with, a, I thought, a good sounding record. And then having yeah. all those people show up for it, it was like, ah, this is cool. So yeah, right. yeah, that was definitely one of my top, one of my top, yeah, they were the top two gigs. McDowell Mountain was also pretty awesome. McDowell Mountain yeah. was. Uh, one of just one of those like I remember, I, and I, we can still watch like I found the DVDs of like that whole wow day, um, or the our set there, and like Ted Greenbaum hopping up with us. But but it was so like I remember, uh, like that yeah those those two gigs by far Ashley you are one hundred percent correct those are. Uh, well, what was it about the McDowell Music Festival that stood out to you guys that made it such a special night? Was it just the amount of people that were there or no. any other yeah, people? We, people we arrived. Yeah, we no, it's that, it's that we got to do it. We got asked, like, we were like, 
we had become like the McDowell Mountain Music Festival was at that time a two day festival right. and or possibly three. And they asked, um, I believe, two <sighs> memories hard. Maybe it was yep. just one band, a local band each day to open up the festival. And, and the fact that we got to do it, it was like, oh, shit, like we've arrived like in this town, like we've we've done we've done stuff here to make just to get some recognition to get us noticed yeah like we get to open this festival yeah i don't think we started out like we were ass and which we were ass and and we and it was like they rolled out the you know they rolled out the red carpet you know there's a backstage and you get an artist pass and you get you know the sound check and then you get to hang out backstage with all the crew and um the year before they were that was Grace Potter was playing and the crew kept calling me that year's Grace Potter which was just hey, like yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> is that you so cool <laughs> it's just you, like it was me and they treated you like a, a real person uh, like a real band yeah. yep what. That's when you what'd you say, Jay? Fender tent, right? What was that, Jay? Played that Fender tent the year before that we played the main stage. Yes, that's right. We did. Yeah, the three of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so we were like, oh, and that was your. We were like, oh, cool. We get to play McDonald's News Festival. We were just like in the little Fender tent, and then that year, and yeah, all the the local bands that get to play. I mean, I mean, I know Jay Allen sent it a few times since, and it's like I don't know how it has was then but like yeah they they treat you just like any other band on that bill you know they treated us like yeah. robert randolph like it was like it was it was the first time that um you know i think i'd ever felt like a real rock star you know with people rolling in i mean i didn't have any gear except for at the time i was just singing in delcoa so i don't have any well, gear i think that was also us maybe all of us playing a stage that big for the first time together for yeah. sure yeah. Yep. yeah yeah oh yeah jay paul you you've you done it yeah one other time yeah not me i'm, I'm just speaking for myself guys <laughs> <laughs> yes sir where'd you play before jay paul what big stage uh, uh i played a 2000 at the Indian School Park for the Phoenix Fourth of July. Oh yeah, uh, gig. Um, did you do yeah. that with with who? I did that with uh, I did that with Ryan Sims, but I think that might have been after. I, I don't know. I did it with Ryan Sims, and I did it with a uh, another band, Cruising the Boomers. Oh uh, right, yeah. And the Cruising the Boomers one, we did it like four. And it was, we were facing the sun. So I, I look at, I have a couple of pictures and it looks like one of those sci-fi, you know, nuclear wastelands where like the ozone's all gone and everything's like super bright. And right. I, I, I think I played that same one. I think it was with Tate though. Ah, okay. So, so maybe um, you guys played after. We had, we had three, we had three gigs that day. See, so you did play on the big stage, Tony. Don't lie to me. Well, you're, you're probably right. But I think that was the first time where I didn't have to bring my own drum set. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So that was pretty awesome. Hey, and look at this. We're still all doing original music. I know. That's beautiful. That's That's pretty cool, huh? Dude, what's up with that? uh, You guys are playing at the Humphreys spot a lot, Ash. That looks fucking amazing. Yeah, Humphreys is great. Um, Yeah. 
we, yeah, we've been doing pretty well around San Diego. I've, I got really lucky. I, I met like the right people who plugged me into the right places. I got to do like the San Diego Music Awards are actually a big deal here. Not like the Phoenix Music Awards. Fuck no. Like they're really big deal here. Like it's like favorite fucking thing. Oh my God. I love I've been loving that story. I was I mean, oh my God. We could probably edit this part out, but like I'll never forget when that guy called me. He's like, Yeah, I'm putting you in a category with Sage Gentlewing. Oh my God. Oh wow. What? Both of those names still like, oh my God. That's hilarious. Yeah, he's still but, but yeah. But anyway, I got yeah, I got like it was kind of cool. We I I've been playing at Humphreys for the last couple years and the booker there just really likes me and likes likes our band. And then, you know, people are recognizing the work that I'm doing with um for women in music. I don't know if you guys have been yeah. privy to that, but like yeah. So um so anyway, after the the music awards, I got asked to organize the um after party at Humphreys backstage live, um, full of, uh, and, and I put together a, a book of a, a show of seven all female fronted, not SDMA nominated bands, including my own. And it was, it was really fucking cool. Like, it's like a really big honor to do that. So that was, that was really cool. But yeah, Humphreys is a great, great. stage. It's just a tough draw. Like it, it's beautiful, the venue. And I love being there, but like, I I have a bigger following up in Ramona, so it's kind of hard sometimes to play there. And then you're, it's sometimes you're like, eh, sorry, I don't let people here. I live an hour away. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you living right now? Whereabouts? It's called Ramona. It's a little country town. Um, it's yeah, it's about an hour from San Diego. So Brad commutes an hour every day, but he doesn't seem to mind it too much. And mm-hmm. there's really good gigging around here. There's like 40 wineries and. Um, yeah i'm like i'm like i've taken man like i can't even tell you guys what ethan's done i mean for my career i know you probably feel the same like i model like literally everything i do after what he was doing and and now i'm i get it like i'm like I'm like a self-sustaining musician. I'm like not a struggling musician like i'm actually making really good money and like all, all because of him and he always told me he would be like you have not even begun to hit your stride you're gonna hit this you're gonna hit your stride and it really like I feel like I've hit it and it's really really sucks that he's not here to see it because he I owe everything to him yeah. showing all right yeah well Ash, you guys want to come to Ramona always- I'd love to have you here <laughs> I'll book, you, Jay, I'll you book always hustled. Always, well, man. You always hustled. I learned so, it from I'm Ethan. Not surprised. I learned it from Ethan. Hmm. You know? It's uh it's funny to like sit in his seat where people go, What like what I what what do you mean? But like what do you do for a living? You know, or like a musician. What? that's no, not no, sus- really. or what? that's not sustainable. Or like, you know, this or that. And he's just like he would always be like Yes, it is. Yeah. What are you no. talking Ashley, about? I will really be impressed the day that you can string eight tunes together uh, and lay down Sally. That's what I'm uh, following in Ethan's. Oh, <laughs> man. God, Jay Poole, bringing on the challenge. Oh, I don't want to do that, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> Record it, too, and put it on Facebook. 
or Instagram. Has been... <laughs> yeah, why don't you do that, Jay Paul? I'll throw it right back at you. <laughs> Done deal. Sandy challenge anyway. for everyone in the in the group. For in all your individual projects. Everyone do a quick lay down Sally uh, version of some other song. Speaking of songs. um, Maybe something there, actually. What was your, did you guys have a favorite, you know, song or two or three that you like to play over the years? And on the flip side of that, were there songs where you were like, "Ah, let's just do it because we got to kill some time. As far as original songs. Mission Four is my favorite off the first one. Yeah, there and dream dreaming. Yeah, uh, let me in is one of my favorites as far as like just how it came together and what we would do with it and just what like what we all added to something that was the, always the coolest thing about bringing a song to this project was like the the Legos that each of everybody kind of made to like the that Voltron of a song that everybody like I would like Ashley and I would bring something but by the by the time it was done and and we were playing it live or or recording it it was the sum of all of our parts like made it so special that was like one of the cool things about Delco wasn't just like here's my song you do this you do this you do this um which was probably also a testament to the fact of like, I mean, Ashley and I were, it's like very, very not, well, yeah, we were new to this whole thing. So we really looked up to Ethan and Tony and Jay and, and really valued that. Like we didn't tell anybody what to do on any of the songs. It was like, everybody, please just be your, add whatever. And like, we, it was all very democratic and there was, there was not a lot of ego and, every song formed it into itself. Uh, so like songs like Let Me In, Fishing Four, and we did two versions of it, Fishing Four and then Fishing Five, as we called it. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's right, Fishing Five. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think everything came came across, or they, everything was very organic. Yeah. They just yeah. kind of Watch just made themselves. Sense of like, just cause I got to like Tony and I, I remember the day very specifically of Tony and I writing the whole middle section of Watchpot. Um, in the basement. The, the early, early stuff like Roots, Rizzes, and Branches, um, Fishing for Little Earthquakes is still one of those songs I'm like, I, it's just like, it makes me feel good. Um, yeah, really- except for Tony King's ruined Little Earthquakes for me forever because every single time i sing he's like why are your hands so sticky actually (laughs) what was that about nothing little earthquakes (laughs) there's just a line in there and to be quite honest i have no clue what it means with sticky i think i was like going through like a i was like trying to get like a cobweb imagery so like with sticky hands i'm breaking loose like my hands are in the cobwebs but i'm gonna break free anyway and that's not how Tony King heard it. <laughs> <laughs> well, never lived it down. Okay. Well, speaking oh, of humor, man. speaking of humor, you know, I'm I probably spoken so far to about 32 people. And in every single conversation, um, and for any of the podcasts you guys have heard, I like to ask about Ethan's 
humor because it was so individualized with each project and each person that he interacted with. You know, he was able, he was almost like a, a humoristic chameleon in the way that he could adapt to anyone if they had a dry sense of humor or if they were witty or, you know. So what were some of the in-house jokes or what was some of the humor that would go on during your, in, on and off the stage uh, in Delcoa? And was Ethan one of the main, well, Tony, you, you can cut up pretty well too. Um, and Jay, you, you've got an, uh, I mean, all of you have awesome personalities, that kind of thing, but can you guys remember any specifics about what kind of jokes you, you would, uh, share with each other or any, I think, I think a lot of it comes from whatever the gig was, yeah. what was going on at the gig at that time. I think that's every gig was so different and any kind of joke was just whatever was going on. We could all make fun of something that was going on at any and starting with ethan you know and i think it would it trickle through ethan like because we were in a lot of communication with each other looking at each other and then it would kind of like trickle into you know ashley would catch on too because she'd see this you know ethan and i cracking up i don't know what there isn't something i can't name specifically but then it would just kind of trickle through through jay pool because jay pool's like what are they laughing about what 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 ashley what are they and then jay's like what's going on behind me <laughs> my ass what's going on do so, any of you remember any specifics of like i, I have two words i have two words chucky todd oh my god <laughs> yes I, I will say this that you know again because the delcoa gigs were usually you know almost great and super fun and we were into the music he wasn't you know joking around as I mean, they were joking around as much, but you know, when we're doing stupid cover gigs elsewhere, that's when you know it would be kind of crazy, and he we'd have to he'd be cracking jokes to keep us entertained, you know, during the set. I can't remember anything specifically for the Delcoa stuff. That's that's odd. That seems to be a theme. A lot of people have a heart, you know. When I when out when I try to zero in on a specific joke or something exactly that he said, a lot of people are like, oh man, it's hard to do because he was always so funny that it all kind of blurs together. You know, like I know he was funny, but I can't tell you exactly. I remember oftentimes just just trying trying to make him laugh back, you know, like where, because he was so just a, a master of changing the lyrics or yeah. Growing throwing in a riff to be like, ooh, here's like something pertaining to like, there's like- There's Star Wars. Yeah. Like to where like, like I would always try to like, like nudge him back, like poke poke him back. And that was always so much fun to try to do because um, again, like I don't remember specific ones. I do remember a lot of Wrigley Mansion gigs that we played on Sundays that we would have a running joke for the night um, that would that end up just being something that would go back and forth and everybody would kind of throw in their little sauce and little, little part each, each time throughout the whole night. Um, but yeah, like Jay said, like there weren't, we didn't have like a lot of like, oh, this gig sucks. Like we were very lucky that we didn't have. They were all great. Jewish yeah. Shitty yeah. We, that, we even the one gig. that was at Gordon Biersch gig on Mill Avenue. Even that one, we had like a couple. Yeah. A bash on a Gordon Biersch. Yeah. Bash on how, about, how about the one where we camped out up in Sedona? 
Oh, oh those dude. were great. Those were great. Those were fucking yeah. Those were amazing. We were just talking about and all that of the our other people day. would come yeah. up and rent out the rooms at this in Sedona. <laughs> and we would just the best was one of my favorites is when Tony jumped out of that armoire at in. What that? Dude, what that there? still pisses me off that still pisses me <laughs> off because he did not surprise they, they like did this whole like thing where they were trying to like i don't know they were trying to make do something little prank that's the word why can't they, they were trying to pull a prank on me on you specifically on you? yes it was me <laughs> you guys came you guys came we were so there was this empty armoire or maybe you did it to someone else first and then you were like i gotta we gotta do it to ashley but it was (laughs) but i was just like what the hell (laughs) we were in this in this hotel room and probably about like 15 people in this room and they were all talking well there was a moment there where i found myself not talking to anybody uh-huh. So I just got up to go use to go use the restroom, and I left, and I used the restroom, washed my hands, and I like looked over, and like nobody, everybody was talking, nobody's looking at me, so I was just like, I looked at this armoire that's sitting right there by the by the sink, it's huge. <laughs> I'm like, I, I opened it up, and I'm like, I could fit in there, <laughs> so I climbed inside it, and I could still see out the, barely see, and everybody's just talking. And I'm like, I'm just going to wait for someone to come use this restroom. <laughs> and so finally, some girl that was there, one of the friends, maybe one of your friends, actually, Jay and I were trying to remember this the other day. Oh, this but, makes a lot of sense. So she comes walking up and I just, she's the first person because I had been there for like at least 10 minutes sitting in there just <laughs> being very patient. And she comes walking up and I just, ah! and just not only did I scare the crap out of this girl, but everybody else that was sitting in the room, ah, they all, everybody jumped. Oh and I scared God, everybody. This, I know I, this whole time I thought you guys were just trying to pull a prank on me. Oh. I didn't realize that. Because you can't, okay, this makes a lot of sense. So after this happened, you were, you guys all must have been collectively like, you know, who's taking a nap in the next hey, that's room? Is <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> so everyone's like, Ashley. And I'm just like, what? I think I was like talking to Blue or something. They're like, come here. I'm like, why? Just, just come in here. And I was like, okay. And they're like, go to the bathroom. I'm like, why? <laughs> just do it. Don't you have to pee <laughs> <laughs> I go. Oh, man. So he jumps out of the armor. And I just stand there and everyone looks at me pointing and laughing. But I wasn't like startled at all. I was like, Tony's jumping out of the armor. I don't understand. <laughs> What's that all about? <laughs> I remember, yeah, uh, those those trips, and and there was those were I even when we went to like L.A. Um, and and uh, <laughs> tell you ride going up to the Bluegrass Fest. Um, gosh, man, so much fun going well, going. Jay, to- you and I would tour all over the country too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did some Jane Edge tours. Yeah, there we Very go. Very cool. Okay, so you 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 spoke about your favorite original music to play. How about uh because you guys did some I love the Beatles covers that you that you guys would do. Um what what were your favorite and and 
was it like a collective thing to choose the covers that you played or did was Ethan like a huge influence in that or did you guys all talk about it or well how did you choose the covers and what were your favorite covers to, to play I think what one of my favorite covers that we did was when we did like the mashup we started off with um the U2 song oh yeah and, yeah. and, and then we would our parts yeah, I would, I would do, I would sing "She Will Be Loved" by Maroon Five, and then Ethan would would sing uh, "The Journey." Yep. And then we just kept like kept adding, and then there's a point where we all were singing our individual song while we're still playing the same song. Oh wow! Yeah, that was really cool. There's a few songs that like just stuck from the beginning, uh, like "Dear Prudence," that always grew into like um, "Romeo and Juliet" was a fucking. It was always just just amazing things because uh, it was a you guys gave me an excuse for a long ass guitar solo so i always like those well and just it was all vibe like ever all the the coolest songs that like and as um somebody stated before like we made everything kind of into our own yeah yep like our version of Dear the dynamics sound like anything and Honestly, the dynamic. I didn't yeah, even dynamics. know Romeo and Juliet was a Dire Straits song until like two years ago. <laughs> oh, because you had only heard the Indigo Girls yeah. version? Because that's yeah. probably what I played you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I only heard yeah. the Delcoa version. I mean, that was that was all I knew. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I do remember that sometimes, especially during a couple of those songs, I, I would feel just these crazy emotions coming from the band and everybody. It was... Well, that's funny you say that, j when you say that, because I still have a recording of us doing well. One of the one of my favorite gigs was the Rhythm Room gig that we did. It was our oh, kind yeah. of our first uh, first kind of our first reunion gig that we did. Yeah. And the live recording that I have of Romeo and Juliet, like I just love, and it just sends chills down my spine because all of us were just locked in the in, in the moment, man. In, in the, the moment, moment, and you could just. You could hear a pin drop in that place. Yep. With everybody by the jugular, just like, ah, I got you now. I'll take <laughs> the rapist for three. No, it's <laughs> therapist. I've got a couple of photos of Jay Allen and I just like sitting down on the stage together, just yeah. like watching oh, Jay yeah. Poole. Yeah, just watching Jay Poole leaning up mm -hmm. against each other. Like, oh, he's going he's gonna to take us there. It was powerful guys it was i but i, I always and, felt left out too because like the three of you guys would go off to the side you, you can't and move. jay and ethan i'm back there like i can't go over there i can't go anywhere and, i gotta stay here and, and play and we're just watching jay pool just as jay would say jay i'm gonna say just melt anything melt people's faces and, and guys i i never played as well as i have with that band and it was just i it was just the the energy that was coming from from everybody. It was fucking frightening and scary and beautiful, and I still I can feel those moments like they were like they were yesterday. Right. So thank you. Before taking the stage, did you guys ever have uh, any kind of rituals or anything you would do? You know, like Jägermeister. Yeah, Jäger. <laughs> Make it sound of Jäger. Yep. Actually, Ethan would do that thing like where everybody oh, would yeah. and, and like mm -hmm. you make the, the thing. Yeah. 
I don't like, remember hand, that. Hand in, hand in, hand in. Then we yep. got yeah. I do remember oh. that. We but did that before. It wasn't, like, it wasn't like a ritual in any way, shape, or form. He would just throw that in, in every, every now and then. What were you going to say, Tony? Kierkegaard like, was probably the most prevalent. Yeah. The, the <laughs> yeah, Ethan got me to Ethan got me to do Jaeger for the first time in in, a, in Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, he, he, well, he begged me first of all. I wasn't a shot person ever, uh-huh. uh, and then uh, when we went to to Anchorage, Alaska, with uh, Capital Down, and Ashley, you came up for that for for about a week. Yeah. Um, and that, that was like the <laughs> you and Mike Mercy are slapping each other and Ethan's like, I, I don't think you should play this ah! game. Mike. <laughs> yeah, it's it still stings a little bit, but it was <laughs> I, I What was that about? Consent. Why were you slapping each other? There was consent oh I I don't know. Mike Mercier. <laughs> right. That's all you gotta say. Mike Mercier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it wasn't it was or... it was in fun. I, we, this was a fun thing we were doing. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> the sun that never hurts. goes down and the shots never stop i'm glad i <laughs> never made that trip but... hey what was the name of the, the bar in alaska tony Ch- Ch- uh, charlie's charlie's i can't remember what i had for breakfast this morning but some of these uh, remember the name of that crazy bar. vivid yeah Although yeah, we didn't, Charlie's. I I we didn't talk about um uh simply listen as as a song. That one was so cool because that was like that one's one of my favorite songs on that record. Well, that's, yeah, that's and that's really my favorite song on there. Mm, I don't know why Jay Jay Allen and I never really wrote a lot together. But th- you guys wrote that, yeah. You guys that was a but that one we did. Oh. And then we brought it to you guys. And then that was like one of the only, I think that was the only song that we really kind of like wrote so like from scratch together. I remember we had a rehearsal that song and we did Watch Pot and the arrangements just came together like, like that. I mean, it was just like, boom, 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 boom. And I remember I, I, the intro to Watch Pot I did and Tony somehow ended up recording it and never let me play anything different after that. <laughs> I try some other stuff trying to like uh Jay, no, that's not no, that hard. No. Play what you did the first time and that's what we're gonna do. Well that's but, the point because I, I was recording all of our rehearsals. God, I don't even know where those things are. They're probably still on my my uh iPod. Um but I remember recording it and then we would have another rehearsal and you do the intro and I was just like because I had been listening to it over and over again, and that's what just stuck. Yeah, that was like that was in my brain. And you were right, Tony, because I went back and was like, "Oh, that that all right, yeah, that that is better than this nonsense I'm playing now." So okay, you're like, "Yeah, I am pretty badass." <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. For me. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I remember uh, going to you and like, you have to play it like like this. You have to play it like this. And yep. you went back and you you took it and you went home and you relearned it. what you yeah. just did on the fly. And it was, it was, it was great. harder it was to good. learn it than play it on the fly. I, I'm i not sure why that is, but. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah. And but I felt listen- like with that record, yeah, I think with that song, I think we all had a lot of input, you yeah. know, with where the, what direction the song would go. And then like that whole middle section with, 
you know, we break yeah, everything man. down. It picks back yeah. up in like a Latin kind of feel thing. That was Ethan and, and Ethan going, how, how about this? And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. I don't, don't know if I can play Latin, but I, I am Mexican. But I'm going to try it. <laughs> what was your... It, um, it turned out. What was your favorite part of being in a band with Ethan? You can answer individually or together or however it, it sets out. But when you think back to it, like... So what much, was your so much fun. Being in a band with Ethan was just awesome, like, period. That was it. You know, gigs are great. Fun times. Musicianship would be awesome. And especially with, like, the Alcoa stuff, it just felt like I belonged. Yeah, it was, yep. it was, it was the rock. So encouraging. Like, like, no matter what, what direction we would go, he would, he would push that to be like even, even cooler than it was, than you thought it would be. And he was, he was such, so encouraging and so uplifting. I always knew the gig would be fine if Ethan were on it. Yep. Yep. Like, I just knew he was always just the one to step in and, and, you know, MC the wedding. If it needs to be, MC. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. You know, you, so we true. all we all have those gigs. I still have those feelings too, like of just like where I'm. I'm sure you do, Ashley, or or like where where you have like a solo gig. And you're like, fuck, don't want to go work right now. Don't want to do this, but like, I mean, I still have those gigs, like where it's like, oh, I got Tony King. I'm gonna be fine. I've got okay, it's gonna be JTM three. It's gonna be me and Jay Pool. This is gonna be fine. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to get through this just okay. But it was the, exactly that, no matter what, with Ethan, it was like, oh, fucking Ethan's going to be there. <laughs> We're good. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. We're going to get through this, and it's actually going to be better than I thought it would be. Yeah. Okay. So here's a, here's a, a big question for you guys. Have you ever considered a reunion with a different bass player? And if so, can you think of someone that could pull it off? What it's funny you asked right that now. because I was I was thinking that same thing today. Like now that we're doing this, I this podcast, too. I was thinking about that. If if we were to ever do a a Delcoa, you know, almost like a Foo Fighters type of I was thing. Like, say like it's like Taylor Hawkins. Who the fuck would be the fucking drummer? Who's going to be the bass? Yeah, yeah, yeah who's going to do anything after Bonham? Right, man. I think uh, I, I think Jay Allen and I talked about, um, you know, kind of shortly after Ethan passed. I think we talked about maybe um, just the four of us doing like kind of like a stripped down acoustic thing. Sometimes I would, kind of I would way rather do that, or or it be like a rotating cast of folks. Oh, like like I like that idea. Other special people that. And not even like necessarily them be the bass player, but just have them come in. I don't know. And like, it, it's something that such a huge hole to, or a role to fill that's impossible to fill other than. Just hearing the bass part. Yeah. And just having like somebody more so honor his presence from time to time. I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard well, that's the thing when we did uh let me in at the mim with jtm3 i felt honored that i got to sing ethan's part yeah and matt sang ashley's part but well, i was like 
we did I'm, I'm singing Ethan's part. Well, just cool. that, like having done the the wildflowers thing, Jay Poole and I doing the wildflowers thing without Ethan, it was just like what the fuck. Like it, like there there was a, it was weird. It was, and, and the and our bass player was awesome. He did a Brendan did a Brendan. great great job. He's awesome. He's amazing. But you know, it goes back to that whole energy question. You know, Delcoa is the five of us. Yeah, it would be something else without Ethan. Yeah. yeah. Well, Brandon would, Brandon would be a first to come to mind, I think. Yep. Who is this? Brendan McBride. Brendan McBride. <laughs> Brendan, 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 Brendan. This is totally like inside baseball, but like, I know that Ethan would fucking love Brendan, 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 but it's like it's so easy. The Guns and Roses. <laughs> Do you guys feel you know that one, Chris? Things like I so wish I could. Oh, call him. yeah, that would be something that we would call Ethan right now and be say, "Hey, check this out. This is funny." He would, he would love it. Yeah. Oh, Brendan, 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 so this answering that, that that's a message I would leave on his answering machine. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like I have I have like a few like old Chucky e. Todd fucking messages <laughs> on my phone that I will listen to every now and then that are just like and just ridiculous. By any chance, did you listen to my interview with Todd? Did any of yes. you that one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know what Chucky e. Todd? I laughed so hard. <laughs> Can you can you believe that he had no idea about Chucky e. Todd? How did Ethan keep that from him? You know, I think that he kept it from him. I think he was kind of just like I probably Todd didn't give a shit. Like it didn't it didn't come around to him enough. Yeah, he's probably he probably heard it was like, what the fuck yeah, is he doing? Classic, I I remember being so surprised when I asked him, and he was like, um, I probably referencing me to the possessed doll. I don't know or. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, really? I, I remember thinking, like, really, Todd? You never, you never caught wind of the Chucky e. Todd thing. But Jay, that's a good point, though. Maybe he did, but he just this was. It was never. It was never part of his zeitgeist. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> do you guys feel that as it? Do you feel as if though Delcoa reached its potential? I mean, do you feel like you got to the apex, or no? Um... Yes and no. I mean, we for for where we all were as human beings, yes. Um, yep. And then we all followed the things that we all needed to do, like with our yeah. life. Such yeah, such I, a life. I, like, there's no like. I agree. I think that we could have done more and still could continue to do more, and still all like we're all still friends. Like like there's no, Delcoa is not over. Obviously, we're all here together um although one of the biggest pieces of us is not able to be physically part of this anymore um but as of, as far as like reaching an apex or anything like um i i i mean i still continue to write music with tony i still want to write music a lot more with ashley like and do stuff that we that we never got to do so many things. I think we'll, we're all going to collaborate. We're all going to know each other till the day that we die. 
like or the yeah. tele- like I'm gonna know all four of you guys that I'm seeing on the screen right now until until I'm not around anymore. Um, Amen, dude. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it was that we reached. We 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 reached some very high high highs, um, especially for being the very local. independent local <laughs> unknown fucking band. Mm-hmm. We did some incredible fucking things that that. Um, I don't. I I don't think could have happened if we tried. You know. Yeah, man, and I I think it lasted as long as it should have. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I, you don't want to be Michael Jordan going back after a couple of seasons of baseball. Uh, you know, we kind of, you know, we left up here, and I'm kind of happy about that. So it, it, we all we all found ourselves through this whole process too. Yep. And like Jay said, we're still doing stuff together. So I'm working with Tony. I'm working with Jay. I haven't worked with Ash in a while, but right. well, I I don't live there. And then that I hold a lot of guilt over that. Like just so you guys know, like it weighs on me real heavy that like I'm the one that moved away, and um, um like it, it keeps me up at night sometimes. Well, but we all have our thing, right? That's but, one of my things. But that that doesn't that doesn't end and like doesn't put like a like we're like I said I'm, we're gonna know each other the rest of our lives and we're still gonna always be who we are for the rest of our lives and I cannot wait to play more music with all of you guys the rest of my yeah life. man yeah absolutely well and I was flattered when Ashley had her own little project going and was asked me to play drums on it oh so God, you know so being nice. able to work That's with with her it was that was so much fun. You know, continuing well, to J Pool and with Jay Allen. So that was such an honor to have you. you play on that album, Tony. And and I know there was like a. It was kind of funny. There's I don't know if uh, speaking of things that not everybody may know about, but I don't know if if uh, anyone else but Jay Allen knows that there was a a period of time where he had planned to come to Nashville for a few months when I was living there, and we had planned on making an album together. And then he called me and he's like, "So um, I'm having a baby." <laughs> Yep. <laughs> oh me. I'm not coming to Nashville. Uh, hey. <laughs> no, dude. Yeah. Like, like weeks before I met Miranda. Oh, Jay. I I had made plans. I'd booked a uh, I'd booked a gig on a cruise ship for four months, but I was gonna go to Nashville for about three months ahead of that time and be like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna record a bunch of yeah. And nope, didn't happen. Yeah, he was gonna come. You you know, move into my futon in my yeah. living room, and we were gonna write some songs and maybe record some stuff before he goes on his adventure. And uh, I got us tickets even to go see the um, to go see the Black Crows at uh the Ryman, and I and <laughs> and we were all excited about it. That he called me, he's like, yeah, so. Maybe. so. <laughs> I made, I made a human so it makes me curious then you know um something you were saying earlier jay pool about you know you feel as if though you guys kind of ended on a high note you know and 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 to some to a certain degree you felt as if though you guys uh reached your potential but it makes me curious you know what what happened why did why did you guys disband 
because I moved to Nashville. <laughs> so is that is that what it was? Like the band was active and Ashley was like, hey, guys, well, I think there was know, some she... personal stuff, you know, like, I mean, I, I mean, maybe not everyone, I guess if there's some people listening who don't know, like Ethan and I were in a relationship for many years and um, that started going south. And I think there were there were like at the same time, there were a lot of stars that like unlined if that makes sense. Like we, at the same time, like while Ethan and I were kind of dismantling and um, there were some other personal stuff that I won't get into. Like, I think with a lot of the band members and like things just kind of, and then Wrigley mansion, we, you know, we, they shoved us off. And so things were just kind of quiet for a while. And then, then I moved and then it was just kind of like, yeah. And then I think they, they did Mancoa for a while and, you guys can probably elaborate on it, but I'm guessing it just probably felt a little bit weird. Well, that, that's that's the thing. It was it, weird. We, we did do some Mancoa stuff, but it wasn't the same. It was not. Because we didn't have Ashley. <clears throat> I you know, I like- honestly was surprised by that. Like, the huge insecure part of me, like, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not using this for a chance to be like, no, like, I'm really not. But, like, there was a really big part of me, like, we're all insecure. We all have our things, like, there where I was like, they're not even going to notice I'm gone. They're just going to continue on and it's going to be just fine. But we, all, we did, I don't happen. know, a couple of gigs and they were, they were just okay, Ash. Yeah. They were just okay. They, they weren't magical. Well, it wasn't like, it, like that was the thing. Like that, that's what made this band so fucking special is that it was, it's the sum of all its parts. Like, and, and like you said, Ashley, like around the time there were, there were just, Everybody kind of had other things that were starting to pull and push in in a in a direction of like like I know that from me first moving back and be kind of becoming a singer songwriter I want I wanted to start like it was Jay and Ash from the from the very beginning mm-hmm. and then it became Delcoa and I was excited and I was excited for you too to like to where it was just like okay like I get to. I need to start making my own voice. Ashley needed to start making her own voice. Um, Tony and myself started uh, apparently making humans, and <laughs> right. Well, it's just and and it was just like it was a new season, and yeah, everything it, evolves. It didn't mean anything changes. Yeah. It didn't mean that we were all like there. There was nothing. There was no specific incident that was like, oh, Delcoa is done. Right, but yeah, it was just kind of like yeah. Right. It, it just kind of again as as or as organically as it formed, it organically kind of turned into us all having our own things happen. What what? Well, do you- that's the thing too. Oh, I'm just saying, like that's the thing too. Like the door was never shut yeah. for this band. That's why we we're able to do a, like two and three, you know, reunion shows. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we never we never were, really were like hey guys we're not a band we're breaking up like that never right. happened it was just nope. like, or someone storming out or someone there was no loss know. of love and like as far as like like i'm not gonna lie like i was sad at times like oh man we, we don't have our i don't have this band going on anymore but there was never a loss of love and like that as i mean up until this exact moment like i love you guys all so much and there's never been like a fuck, like fuck. Why, like, why are we not a band anymore? I understand what, what, why and where we are. 
what a beautiful thing that we had in our lives and still do to to a big extent. I mean, it and you know, like you said, you don't appreciate it as much. Although I did like it a lot when we were in the band, but right. in hindsight, I'm like, oh, sure. I just have great positive memories and yeah, man, it, it, it was a beautiful thing. And, and on still, that still, on that note. You know, what do you guys hope people take away from the music that you created with Delcoa? You know, people who still listen or who may, who may discover you perhaps from this interview or just come across you on a streaming service or something like that. What do you hope they take away from your music? And just it was there were no expectations, and then it was it was just special to be the five of us, and it all came from a a real place. There was yep. no. We made the music no, we wanted to make. Yeah. Yep. Nobody told us how to do it, where to do it. You know, um, you know, no producer or saying you got to play it this way. Or you got to sound like this person. It was the five of us just saying, "Hey, let's come up with something." Awesome answer, man. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to meet with me tonight. I know it's hard to coordinate, especially with you know all of you are busy musicians. I mean, every single one of you. <clears throat> on any given night have gigs and some of you still are you know like tony you and jay are are still in a in a active band together and i know that you probably um perform with jay pool as often as you can and that kind of thing so i really appreciate you doing that um and to honor ethan you know and i thought it would be cool for you guys to get together and talk about ethan you know but before we say goodbye uh any last words or thoughts or memories or stories or you know with Ethan in mind that you'd like to share or anything that might have popped up in your mind while we were talking tonight uh, hey, I'm Chris, just, just overwhelmingly sad that he's not here to be part of this sure I, it would I be mean so I will cool lie been, if he was there I've been his... dreading this a little bit slash I'd like equally dreading this as much as I was looking forward to it and only because it's just I hear all the comments you'd be making in the laughters. <laughs> and yeah. Just, yeah, the session what, what, what might have been a little bit better with him. I'll just uh, add that. I mean, we did okay, but yeah. Think, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Having that fifth beetle here might have uh, helped things a little bit. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Well, as I think you, you know, with your podcast, Chris, that you did with Jay Poole, mm -hmm. it was very cool that Jay Poole, uh, when doing his record, uh, doing this four stick song that Ethan uh, wanted to play on nice. and was able, Jay was able to sample Ethan's bass because that's the one that the one song that Ethan wanted to, to do. Which by and, the way, it's from fishing five and conversations. They were the two samples nice. I used. Oh, that's awesome. That's nice. awesome. And it's really cool how, you know, I'm assuming, so um, which bass lines ended up on the podcast? Cause Jay, when I was first doing this, I asked you if you had any uh, bass tracks from Ethan that you thought might kind of work. And you you That's... scared me a little bit. And you said, you know, when, you, when you're putting that together, kind of think of like, you know, like how Seinfeld had that signature bass line at the beginning or, you know, like a tag that you could use. And it's worked out great. So well, I'm gonna, I'm what, gonna song, what songs are those bass lines? I, I know what it is. I'm going to throw it out. So I'm going to guess. Go ahead. I, I think it's from the, the almost 11 cd is it blue rondo that's the baseline no? yes, please. Well, fishing five it's fishing five boom boom yes wait wait which part like 
Chris. Oh yeah, that. Oh yeah, that part. I thought it was like the in between stuff. So the very beginning. Yeah, that's Bishop. Yes. Okay. And then before and after my conversation, the walking one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Tony, you're right. Yep, that is Blue Rondo. Before we go, Tony, give us some give us some good boa constrictor (laughs) signature Tony famous hidden track. Uh, Let's see. What's funny? One of them I actually had Cobra Commander in mind when I did one of them. Okay, remember Cobra Commander? I do. Boa constrictor. (laughs) Boa constrictor. I remember Anybody? when you guys. I remember when you first uh, had that album out, and uh, I think we were doing like a Christofoya band rehearsal or something, Tony. And you had the CD, and you were telling uh, Randy and I, and Ethan was there too. And then you go, "Hey, Chris, and Randy, check this out." And you put it on, and it was like um, a hidden track. Like, yes, yeah, you have to let it play. Yeah, let you gotta it let it play a little bit. And Randy and I were just like on the floor man like oh my god dude it was fun. and then you started doing it in real time you know live like that it was just you know, I, love, I, love, like, I love how when you do it when you used to do it like one eye would close and you're like no don't go on whose idea was that to put that on the record we threw Tony in the in the booth because he would do it all the time I just that random and then we were like Tony <laughs> Go no. in the booth. He's like, why? Just go in the booth. Yeah. Say a lot of them. Uh, just keep going. Just keep going. I just remember sitting in the booth going, what else do I do? So I just started making up more voices. And then, then after like a couple, then I started kind of getting into it. You could tell as like went along. You got warmed up. Yeah, I did. And y'all know when you wind up wind up the Tony King, like it gets it gets really good. <laughs> so for those for I those listening, the best. Mr. For those listening who want to listen to that. To that original one that's at the end of roots bridges and branches the yeah. the end of right after uh half past forever okay a minute or two all right so do yourself a favor and go listen to that because it is hilarious <laughs> it's like what about a minute you have to wait for it yeah it takes a little while but so yeah. which means you can't hear it on a stream you actually have to have the physical cd for that huh uh you do Oh, yeah, no, Rootsers and Branches is on no streaming services. I love it. Right. Can we can we fix but, that? Jay, didn't yeah. we talk about can it? Can we remedy that, Jay? We can fix that. I can put it up on DistroKid. Um, yeah. You use DistroKid as well? Yeah. Yeah. I, awesome. I was doing CD Baby, and then I realized DistroKid gives you much more good stuff. Yeah, dude. I, <laughs> I really like them. They're an awesome service. What, what are you laughing about, Tony? I'm just thinking of like how they didn't, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, go in the booth. What for? Can sing some background vocals. Oh, okay. Which song? Ashley, uh, come in the hotel room. Why? Just come here. Just go to the bathroom. Why? <laughs> and some other poor girl was, got the, she got scared. I can totally you. see you doing that too, Tony. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Jay, Jay, uh, Jay Allen knows about the Wrigley Mansion scares. You were walking out with Ethan. Scares, dude. Every time, like the load in and out of Wrigley Mansion, and Ethan too. But like Tony would, 
quickly break down his drums and like we all had to walk down this dark path to get down to the boat where we had to park our shit and then drive all the way back up to the top to grab our stuff and so many times like i was always lagging because i'd go talk to people have another drink or like whatever and start breaking my stuff down and then walk down and many many times i'd come around a corner and just all of a sudden tony king just like and tony just ah i got you <laughs> and uh so it got to the point to where like i would start walking down by myself and like just kind of start walking around corners and be like i, I, I see you tony <laughs> I see you. <laughs> and then I'd finally get to my car and pull up, and like they'd be like, "No, Tony left like thirty minutes ago." I'm like, <laughs> got in your head? <laughs> oh, dude, he got way in my head. <laughs> it, still, it probably still happens a little bit. Like if I'm like, I'm just like even like go out in my backyard and it's dark and be like, "See you, Tony." <laughs> Tony, you should totally go to his house and freak him out and do that. <laughs> yeah, do it, do it. Because oh, I love to watch all these scare these scare videos, and if someone does it to me, I get all mad. God dang it! Like my kids do that to me now. I'm like, stop doing that. God, give me a heart attack. <laughs> man, I feel like we could go on longer than that, but you know, yep. Any last minute memories or anything else? Just trying to make sure I get all the. So I'm just so incredibly fucking grateful because of, and I've, I think I said it in our podcast uh, when when you and I talked, Chris, mm-hmm. and I, I was in the same boat, Ashley. Like I avoided our our initial first podcast. I know you'd reach out to me like, hey, I'm doing a podcast about Ethan. I was like, I'll get back to you. I don't know, but like I'm so grateful, as we all are. Because I mean, Ethan was the the glue of glue, man. Of all of this, I'm looking at each individual face, and he's the reason why we're all talking yep. today. Sure. And but I'm so grateful for all of you guys and the trajectory that my like it like my life is where it is because of because of Ethan, but it's also because of all you guys, like all of you guys. Amen. Like we're all talking yeah. about. Ethan but we're all we're all here together and he was a a big catalyst in that but i i am so grateful for for all of you guys in my life and like i said before i'm going to know you guys the rest of my life and um i'm extremely and incredibly grateful for that and i can't wait to have more talks like this uh whether people hear them or not and chris again thank you so much for for doing all of this and for keeping i echo all that Keeping Ethan's spirit alive is, uh, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not a, not a hard nor an easy thing to do. Like, I mean, right. will always be alive, but you are keeping it in the forefront. And I'm very grateful for what you've been doing, Chris. And it's been a lot of work. It's, so thank you it's been therapeutic, man. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, right, right on guys. You know, I love you, Chris. Right on. I love you guys too. And it's been, it's been amazing thing i mean i felt compelled to do it and like i tell everyone i couldn't do it without you guys without everyone who's participated you know and it is um 
just a testament to how Ethan was. We're all in Ethan's web, you know, and, and we're all interconnected and he was just such a beautiful person and it's my pleasure to do it. So thank you guys for being Amen. part. I'm also glad. feel Thanks, like I took, I took away from what other people are going to say. So please, that same question to everybody. I want to hear what everybody has to say. Uh, Jay, you said it really well. I can add nothing. Right yeah. yeah, I echo that. I mean, it's, I think we all feel the same way. Yeah. But, well, I'm glad that we're all, we all take solace in it. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I've been able to kind of disassociate a little bit. Once I have an, an episode edited and finished and it's out there, um, I enjoy it just as much as I hope everyone else does. And I, and I, and I cry and laugh and, and I feel like he's there with me, you know? And even if it was just a couple of us that were listening or whatever, it's like, it's the least I could do for what Ethan has done for me and for all of us. I mean, he was such, exactly. such a huge um, force in all of our lives and influence on our lives that it's like, it just had to be, it was like uh, yeah. in rock, you know, I'm just kind of getting the other pieces off the rock and it's forming. So right yeah. on. Thank you guys for taking the time to talk to me tonight. I love all of you. And um, when you get to the point that you're doing uh, some kind of an acoustic Delcoa thing or whether you have, you know, guests come in to kind of fill in the, to fill in on the heavy end of things, uh, make sure that you let me know in advance and I'm going to do my best to be there in person. That'd be great. Oh, that's real cool. Ashley, what do you got there? Well, Jay's that, got it on his skin. Is that an original oh. prop? Is that from the oh. actual cover? This is from, yeah, that's, well, that's, this is uh, from our, our nice. yeah, this is from our, our, it's our Earth Moon. This is from the actual CD release party. This is. And who, cre who created that? His mom. My mom. Right. Yeah. yeah. My mom made that, huh? And then, and then it wow. kind of became our logo and Jay put it on a skin. Very cool. Yeah. Right on. Nice. Now it's kind of dark. It's kind of dark, Jay. So what is that that you're showing off? What tad is that? That's oh, so cool. <laughs> right on, man. That's so cool. Well, guys. Sorry, I don't have any ink, guys. No ink. Sorry. You know, I got, ah, I got I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for taking the time. Love you guys. Thank you, Chris. Love you guys. Good night, Chris. Good night, Ashley. Good night, Tony. Good Love night, you guys Jay. all so much. Good night, John um, Boy. Talk. Uh, in the next couple of days, um, we can Brady bunch it. I miss you so fucking much. Um, please <laughs> catch up. Um, I actually have a very funny. Uh, no, I'm not even gonna do it right now on a podcast because that's. Yeah. Well, hang uh, out. Bye. Let's let's say goodbye and hang out for a minute. Okay. Yeah. All right. Goodbye. Take care, guys. Thanks again. See you guys, Ethan, and see you guys uh, very soon. That was a great experience to speak with the band collectively and have them put their brains together to kind of remember what it was like to perform with Ethan and um, help each other remember some stories and things like that. I really enjoyed it and I hope that you did as well. I can only hope that someday they'll regroup and put a show together, maybe do some performances in Ethan's honor. It would be a really cool thing to see and I think that Ethan would have loved for something like that to happen.
So thank you guys uh, to everyone in the band for taking your time. I know it's hard to get everyone on the same schedule and, uh, you know, to Zoom with me at the same time. I know it wasn't easy for everyone, but uh, they pulled it together and made it happen, and I'm glad that they did. I will have two more roundtable interviews like this in the future with uh, other bands that Ethan was in, specifically Tate and Capital Down. So keep an ear out for that. It'll be happening within the next few weeks. Please make sure to join me next week when I'll be speaking with Jake Batsell. Jake is a friend of Ethan's from way back. Uh, he mentioned that his mom told him that Ethan and him used to have playdates when they were about three years old. So he knew Ethan from the very beginning and... Um, they remained friends all throughout school, and after high school, they kind of went off and did their own thing. But Jake did a wonderful job uh, remembering his time with Ethan, and it's a very interesting conversation. So I hope you can come back next week to listen to that. I'd like to leave you today with a song from Delcoa. And what's special about this song is that it is also the bass, the opening bass line uh, to the podcast, so when you podcast first starts up, you hear a bass line that's Ethan performing the bass, and it belongs in this song from Dokoa, which is called Fishing For, from their album Simply Listen. So thanks for joining, and we'll see you soon.
jump to conclusions Don't let it fly away We keep chasing the sunset Won't get to see the bright new And I see her there, her eyes down on me But I'm up and down all around this place And I'm fishing for secrets in a stream of consciousness But I just keep on getting that love Yeah, I just keep on getting that love No, I can't stand seeing that love On your face 